Um, so, hello, welcome. I'm Andy. Uh, for those who don't know me, um, Beth and I started coming to the church a few years ago, and we've got two little girls. Um, I help out in the youth team and also run a life group. And today, um, there's a running theme here around living out the kingdom, uh, which is very exciting. And in fact, if you are new or if this is your first time here, you are so welcome. And we've been journeying through the kingdom of God. This is something that the Lord, I believe, is speaking to us as a church about, which is moving through us and through our families, communities, global partners. It's so awesome to be part of this journey. And so last week, um, I shared a little bit around the kingdom and the church and what is our vision, what is our mission. And hearing Ned and Larissa just now, I think that just so beautifully captures what the kingdom of God is about. It's about that freedom. It's about setting people uh, free. It's seeing lives changed. It's seeing people um, giving their lives to Jesus and growing and making disciples. And so today kind of moving on from that and I should uh, go through a few slides or yeah perfect and so last week I showed you this slide here around how some of the more recent um, sermons have been pointing in this direction where are we the old testament prophesied about the kingdom of God Jesus announced it he gave a mission to the church and now we're here where this red arrow is around actually living it out and we're going to be having a next few Sundays on this theme. I think part of what Vineyard is about is, is not just being here in, in a church building. It is being church. I'll come back to that. But also really aware, and partly with what the, the prayer was um, during worship that Beth gave, around you know, kind of the already and the not yet. You know, we are in this time where we can see the inbreaking of the kingdom, but also we dwell in a world, we live in a world that is still um, fallen, that does have pain. We're not in the fullness yet. Today is going to be really practical, and today um, is going to be around making this a little bit real. And I want to start almost in a similar vein a little bit to last week, uh, around saying, what is it that we Christians do? So let's get practical. What is it that we, we do? You know, we talked about the church last week and the vision being the kingdom of God, the mission, making disciples. But I wonder what, what we do. So um, I picked up a survey, and then uh, I'm going to go through kind of the three steps I did last week again around current culture, maybe a Christianized version of current culture, and then what the Bible says. So what do you think current culture thinks Christians do? What, what do you think, you know, the person on the street would say? Um, there was a survey done last year, and actually, current culture, people on the street, think this. We go to church. More than that, not really sure. What do Christians do? I have no idea. And then, for those who know a Christian, they tend to think Christians are friendly, Great. Um, what could be a Christianized version of that? And I say this because, in a sense, I really feel that so often, beneath the surface, we are so influenced by current culture. But actually, what the Bible says, what kingdom living is about, is so much more. It's so much more. So, I'm giving away the spoiler. Um, 
What do we think? You know, if you were to take the views of the average congregation around the UK, I kind of think this is what you'd see. What, what is it? Well, we still, we go to church. I think, what do Christians do? Well, on a Sunday, you need to go to church. Don't know, maybe turns into this kind of Sunday school mantra, read the Bible and pray. That's great. And then be friendly. Absolutely. That smile, you know, that's a really good thing. And, and when it suits you, you know, for the right person, maybe you can serve some people. I'm being a bit provocative here again, I realise. But actually... I think the kingdom calling that we have is one which is meant to challenge us and isn't meant to just be this. Biblical truth says don't just go to church, be the church. Don't just think about your identity on going to a place on a Sunday. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled with God's presence himself and go be that to others. Then Larissa said this exact point. It's about loving God, being filled up with that love, in that loving relationship. It's not just about reading the Bible and praying. Those are brilliant things. Absolutely, they're the rhythms we should be building. But the starting point is love. The starting point is the Father heart of God saying, I so want you to know your identity, to know the authority I've given you, and to go and live that out. I so want you to show me love because then together we can go and do awesome things. And then what is it? It's not about serving sometimes. It is about this calling to go and make disciples, to go and bring the kingdom of God to change lives, not just doing one small nice thing. It's about bringing that freedom and that life. That's what Christians do. That's who we're meant to be. Let me turn to the Bible and um, thank you. Um, and uh, turn to two passages of Scripture. I'm going to start with one kind of single verse, Acts 18, and then go into um, uh, how the early church lived this out, what Christians do. So Acts 1:8 is actually the last words Jesus spoke on earth before he went up to heaven. And so the disciples around him, they say to Jesus, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They still didn't quite get it. Are you at this time going to make this nation prosper? That's not quite what the kingdom of God is about. And Jesus says, it's not for you to know these times and places. And then he says this, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses, my witnesses, in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There's an incredible promise here. It's not a, and you might, it's a, you will. When the Holy Spirit comes, when God comes to live in us, you will receive power to keep on going. You will receive the love of God to show to others. You will have what it takes to be able to be the witness to others. That was the last words of Jesus. And then we kind of see the progression. So the disciples there were saying, Lord, are you at this time going to do this? We still don't quite get it. Fast forward 10 chapters in Acts, and let's go to Acts 11, and let's read together. I've got it on screen, or if you've got your Bibles, feel free to turn to it as well. And so this is around Peter. And so Peter has just um, been to Cornelius' house, 
And this is him then giving an account of that to the church. So the apostles and believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him. They didn't quite get it. They weren't sure why he was hanging out with the wrong people. Why were you going there? And they said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. You broke the law of the Old Testament. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord, because this would contravene the Old Testament law. Surely not, Lord, nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, Three men who had been sent from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered that the, what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, so then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. This is Peter really fulfilling what Jesus is asking us all to do. He is being that witness. And I just wanted to go through a few items of that, of what did Peter do? You know, that question, what do Christians do? Well, a great place to turn is the Bible to have a look at that. And um, I picked up nine points that Peter did here. And I'm just going to go through these. So first of all, he had a rhythm of prayer. He was there. He found a space in his day, space to be with God. And he had cultivated that rhythm of prayer. And in that time, the Spirit spoke. In that time, he had that word of God to say, Peter, this is what's happening. Interestingly, he tests it. And so in other parts of the New Testament, it says, you know, to test these words and to say, are they in line with scripture? And so he, he comes back and he says, well, Lord, I know my scriptures and you're telling me to do something which seems to contravene what scripture, what the law is telling me. And he asks the spirit for insight. The spirit then gives him that insight and says, have no hesitation and then I think the great bit, which um, in a sense I want to focus on today, is that Peter then obeys. He takes a risk. 
he doesn't just sit there and contemplate it. He says, okay, Lord, the people come and he goes with them. Interestingly enough, I'm not sure if you noticed, he takes six others with him. So it's not just him going. This is something which we do together. We are called together to serve the Lord. So he involves others. He goes to the house, and this is you know, a potential picture of what it might look like, with a whole household there. So Cornelius, uh, a prominent Roman, all of his household, his family were there listening. And in an amazing way, God had spoken to him in an angel. And so Peter takes that risk. As he goes, actually, he finds God has prepared the way. As he pushes that door, he finds that God has already done a whole number of steps before him. And so Peter is there. He shares the truth. He shares the gospel and sees God move, sees the Holy Spirit come in a way which he didn't expect. To a people group, he didn't expect. They they weren't meant to do this, but yet God moved. And actually, Peter then went with it. He made disciples. And then, note at the end, actually, he shares with the church. So news of this spread, and he shared what was happening. Now, nine points is quite a few. So I've distilled this down. And also, to try and make it a little bit more memorable, um, I have used the word acts as a little model for us to think about this because if we as Winchester Vineyard Church were to um, follow what the early church was doing in the book of Acts I think it would be phenomenal I believe we are as well I believe it's just moving into that more around this so what is this little model and actually if the hosting team were able at this point if there were people around now, to give out some little cards. So I've actually printed out for you a little card, which at some point we're making their way around, which has the Acts 1-8 verse on the front. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses. And on the back, it just has these little four points. And I hope this might be a little um, uh, bookmark for you, or you can put it on your fridge, or have it in your Bible, and just to be thinking around how can we live out the kingdom. So what do these four points mean? What do I kind of sense maybe the Lord saying to us as a church? First of all, to ask the Spirit. This is how it all starts. And that's both asking the Spirit to fill us. So often we feel weak, we feel empty. Actually, that's not how the Lord wants us to be. Ask the Spirit to fill us. And also ask the Spirit to move. Ask the Spirit to move in situations, to go before us. That's how it starts. Secondly, centred in Jesus. That might feel a little bit um, strange, those words. And I kind of started off by thinking I'd have stay close to Jesus. But actually, the Lord spoke and um, Beth, my wife, absolutely kind of fed into this. It's around our identity being in Jesus. It's cultivating those rhythms of grace, but also it's us knowing our identity and to be practicing that obedience, for us to be trying to imitate Jesus. Now, so often, I'll be honest, I tend to stop there. I like asking God what he's doing. I like, you know, trying to pray and push into this. I like, you know, trying to cultivate that rhythms. I'm not saying I get it right all the time, far from it. So often, though, The easy, comfortable thing is to stop there. 
in a sense, we've got the, bear with me, the AC power, but we don't do anything with it. We've plugged in, but we don't do anything with it. I believe God wants to move today, both in us and to get us to move as well. And what does that take? Well, I think it's a John Wimberism to say that faith is spelt R-I-S-K. Faith is spelt R-I-S-K. And we are to take courage and to take a risk, to step out, to say, Lord, we've heard you say, maybe go speak to that person or give this friend a call or when you're in college or work, you know, share what actually happened on a Sunday or over the weekend. To take courage, to put our faith into action. And then, fourthly, to share. I think this, again, is in two ways, both us together sharing. I think life groups are a huge part of um, this church and, and this vision and where we're going and the place of encouragement and saying, oh my goodness, you know, I did this. It felt really, really, um, uh, there was a big step, but, you know, help me, gather around me. Okay, let's go forward together. Um, but also kind of sharing with, with our neighbours, with, with people in the pews, with, with how we would like prayer. But then also it's sharing outside the church with others and both sharing the gospel, but also maybe being brave and saying, hey, I, I saw someone's hand got healed on Sunday or, or this happened. And just that culture shift of saying, let's be sharing what God is doing. Let's be sharing together how we can live this out. So this is a call to act. This is the kingdom message. We've kind of been pointing this way for a few weeks now, and I want to make it really, really clear. This is a call for us to go live it out. And I believe lots of us are doing it already. And this is also not that everyone needs to go and go to Brazil, as awesome that might be. Actually, God puts each of us in our own places. And the steps God has for us will be different. So for some, the Spirit will say, do this. For some people, that may seem like a huge step. For others, it may seem small. But we're all part of God's kingdom and what he's doing. And I know, for one, I so often fail. And I don't get it right. And how does that work? What, what does this look like? Well, actually, to be really practical, I thought I'd put up a few FAQs around this and just go through just some things that might block us or some things that might get in the way to what we can actually practically go do tomorrow, say, to live this out this afternoon. So firstly, what do I need to act? I quite like coming to church on a Sunday and um, actually the church is doing some great things. Can I just leave this to the church? The invitation of the gospel, the call of Jesus is for us to be living sacrifices, for us to be part of God's mission. Imagine if you were on a battleship and your commanding officer, the, the captain of the ship, asked you to do something. Actually, I believe that is more similar to the Christian life than us, say, being on a cruise ship and saying, can we act? Can we not? What should we do? We all have a role. We all have a purpose. This is an invitation. This is something which requires you to step into it. But we are the church together. 
it's not just small c. We are church with a big C. And we have this call to act, to share the good news. And it's so much fun actually seeing God act. It's really, really exciting. What happens if I fail? That is a great question. I'm so glad you asked it. As I said before, I fail. I fail often. I fail daily. I, even more than that. But God has such grace. You know, the message of Jesus, the message of the cross, is that no one is good enough for heaven, not one, but that Jesus came and died for us. And his amazing grace has set us free. And so actually, as we journey together as a church, we can together be moving forwards in this. We can say, yeah, you failed, but actually, that's okay. And one thing which came up earlier this year in a Vineyard Leaders Conference is trying to build a culture of try or of bravery, as it were. So to walk in the kingdom of God with faith means trying. It means taking that step saying, I'm going to give it a go. You know, God, God has spoken to me. God has put this on my heart. God has prompted me. I'm going to try. And I wonder if here in the church this morning, we could have that small culture shift, that small corporate together, kind of allowing the failure, saying, that's okay. We don't necessarily have to succeed every time. We're in this already and not yet. People are in different places but actually, we want to have that culture of, of trying and, and seeing how God moves. Um, how can I not look silly and potentially lose friends? This is, again, from a survey, the number one concern of young people. So even if this isn't a concern for you this morning, this has been shown to be the number one concern of Christian young people in their schools in their colleges, with their friends. And actually, I think this is really important for us all to think about. And I guess my response to this is, God doesn't want us to wear a mask. And God is a real authentic God who wants us to testify around what he's doing, not make a case for him. And so, again, this isn't a call for you to go and do something which just completely isn't you. It's for you to be real with your friends, for you to love God and take that love to others. It, it does involve taking a risk, but actually it's being your authentic self in that and who God made you to be. And that's connected to the next one. What help is available? Well, firstly, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us. And as we pray, we will receive what we need. There are many other great promises in the Bible that says God gives us what we need to go do this. Secondly, is each other, is life groups, is people around to help support. And thirdly, I actually want to draw your attention, the power of prayer. And as it happens tomorrow, there is this day of prayer around the theme of multiply. And so what amazing coincidence, I don't believe it is a coincidence, that we're having this message today around living out the kingdom. And tomorrow, there'll be the most amazing prayer coverage around this nation for people stepping out and doing this stuff. And so if ever there was a day to say, why don't you try something? Why don't you go out and try it? I believe tomorrow is the day, or this afternoon if you wanted to. But there is that prayer coverage. So 
I really encourage you to try it. And finally, if you were to try it, what is the first step? The first step is asking God to come and fill you. And then you take it from there. Asking God to meet you where you're at. Because he knows where you're at. And he loves you. And he wants to use you. And as we see the kingdom come, he will do immeasurably more than we can ask or expect. And so just to close, actually, I wonder if Emmanuel was free and able to just come give a testimony. Because I want to make this practical and just share what, what it looks like. So we've heard about the kingdom of God in Brazil. And just Emmanuel's going to come and just share for a minute or two just what can it look like and maybe what God's been speaking to you about. Thanks, Andy. Um, thanks for letting me share um, testament today. So I was just sharing this this morning, and I thought I'd share it with everyone else as well. So in the last few weeks or months, actually, I've been going through moments where we begin to question a lot of things, really. So have you ever been in a moment where you begin to look at yourself and say, what's happiness, really? Am I really happy what's life about and for me I went to those moments where I wasn't feeling very happy and the devil brings this whole thing into your mind where you begin to question God because you're praying about it you're praying to get help from God and you're not getting that at all and you begin to question if God really wants you to be truly happy and at some point you just stop praying so for me I went through a moment recently where I began to question my existence and said, what's the point? What's the point of life? And God just said to me, the main point of life is that you reach out to help others, to serve. And for me, I was focused on trying to fix everything, thinking if I fix everything, I'll be happy. But when you fix one thing, the next thing comes up, the next thing comes up. But I had this voice in my head just saying, Focus on trying to serve others. And once you focus on that, that's living what God wants you to live like. And when you think about Jesus Christ as well, when he came, he wasn't focused on trying to buy the best cars or trying to have the best things. He was focused on serving others. And by serving others, happiness came from that. And for me, although the problems are still there, you live through the problems as well. When you think about Peter as well, Peter focused on the storm, and the moment he looked at the storm, it began to sink. And for me as well, I felt actually the main point is once you focus on Christ and focus on the main purpose, you think, okay, we all go through struggles in life, but when you go through all of those struggles, you're trying to reach out to someone else. You're trying to check on someone else. So sometimes you might find that you're living, we're all here right now, but you're not physically here your mind is absent because you're thinking about loads of other things. You can have your kids, beautiful kids. I have two kids. But sometimes you sit there and think, I'm not here. I'm not present. And you lose all of that time. You can lose days, months, years. They should be enjoying that. And the devil is stealing your joy every day. And I decided, you know, actually I'm just going to focus on what God wants me to do, which, which is reaching out to others. And recently, on last week, th Thursday, someone just messaged me and said, I haven't spoken to this person in months. 
and said, can I just talk to you about anxiety and depression? And obviously, I don't think I'm the best person to speak to you about this, but I just called them and we just chatted about it as well. And the one thing they said to me is, Emmanuel, I'm losing me. I'm losing my identity. And they were crying on the phone. I don't know why they called me, but after speaking to them, they felt a bit better about things. It hasn't solved all the problems, but I just want you right now to think about like, yourself and think about everything you're going through and just focus on why we're why, why we here on earth. You know, we're all tools. Um, the song we heard earlier said that, um, all my life you have been so, so faithful and devil doesn't want you to focus on that part where it says God has been faithful all your life. When you think about the last five years and where you've come to, you think about those moments, you think, how, how did I get through all of that? How did I get to this point? But in that moment, devil doesn't want you. So all I'm, I want to try and encourage you, don't lose the main reason why God has left you here on earth. There's always a reason why. You might think your situation is worse than someone else. If you ask everyone here, everyone has a problem. You might think, oh, my problem is bigger than yours. I don't doubt that. Everyone like, has different problems, and God has given you the tools to deal with it. And so he will support you, but most times just focus on why are you here on earth? Why are you still alive? And the main purpose is God is not done with you yet. He wants to use us as a tool to help someone else. Thank you. Thank you so much. Why don't we stand and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit comes. And let's see what God does. And we've got some time. We've got five minutes before kids need picking up and other things. And so let's, let's in that vein of what Emmanuel was saying, kind of why are we here, where God is calling us.